0: Show up, ready? One, two, three, one, two, three, test, test, test. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Chalkboard History, volume one. What is this? Number five, I think. Five, four, five, six. Anyways, welcome to Chalkboard History. So, we've talked about everything from Old history, new history, we ate sausages, we talked about ghosts and weddings, and then we talked about Army of Tennessee, and we talked about favorite Civil War sites. So this week, we asked Christy Farrow, the Battle of Franklin Trust's Director of African and African American History, to join us, because this week's episode is going to be probably among the more serious of the ones that, that we've done so far. So today's topic is who is Nathan Perkins the reason that I thought this would be an interesting um, topic other than what you're going to hear which is pretty obvious is that this this really gets down into some of the complexities of the history that we deal with and the people that we deal with and one of the things that that Joseph and I talked about on a prior um Episode was you know this sort of we're all Americans meaning. We're all sort of generally in the same boat this story Will show you that that is patently absurd actually because Nathan Perkins um, Is a bit of a mystery so who is or who was Nathan Perkins?
1: Um, Nathan Perkins was a slave named Gilbert chairs that was owned by um, Nathaniel Francis chairs the third Okay. And so when Nathaniel died Gilbert was about five years old
0: okay so let's be clear we're at Ripa Villa mm-hmm. and Nathaniel chairs number four was the person who had this um, that the house that we um, the visitors come to every day and that we interpret so we're talking about his father Nat the mm-hmm. third
1: and when Nathaniel's when Nathaniel III died, he left Gilbert to his and, wife. And he died Sorry. and when? 1846. 1846. Right. Sorry, so many 1840s in my mind right now. So 1846, he died. Gilbert was left actually to his wife, Sarah, and, and so was Gilbert's mother. All right. So, so his mother was named Marianne. All right. So
0: Gilbert's mother is Marianne. Yes. Gilbert was how old about was, in 1846? He was five, right. and
1: his mother was about 30 at that time, and so they were both left to um, Sarah. And so at that point, she lived for quite a few more years. She didn't die until the 1850s. So when she died, Gilbert was almost 18 years old and she gave Gilbert, her yellow boy, to her daughter, Nancy Perkins. Okay,
0: so let's be clear. So she died, and in her will, mm-hmm. she gave Gilbert, who was listed as a yellow boy, yes, mulatto, yes. biracial, mm-hmm. so he was given to whom?
1: Her daughter, Nancy Perkins, who was in Arkansas. All
0: right, so Nancy Perkins, married a man named Constantine Perkins mm-hmm. who was from Columbia but they so were many names but they were living in Arkansas at the time and Nancy is sisters with the Nat chairs that we talk about every day that's more closely associated with Ripavilla so what happens to Gilbert chairs okay. when he goes to Arkansas
1: do you want me to say what the first thing that happens to him when he gets there because that's going to give away like the end of the
0: well, I think this is, this is the point of what we began to unravel because we didn't, she didn't, I mean, I knew a little bit about this story, but she was doing all of the, you know, deep research on this. And, and you know, you don't really uncover exactly where this is going until you find the one thing and you're like, oh my goodness, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting this. So what happens to this now young man Okay, so he, Let no, me tell
1: you my theory on what, what happened, the reason that I looked at this pension application okay. to begin with, right. because I knew that there was a Gilbert Chairs, and I knew that he had been given to the Perkins family, and I found a pension application for the U.S. Army where there was a Nathan Perkins, alias Gilbert Chairs, and it um, at one point it, he enlisted. And I went and looked at his, his record, his CSR, and it said he enlisted in Arkansas. And I was like, okay, I know his name was Gilbert Chairs. I know he was sent to Arkansas. This Nathan Perkins could be our Gilbert Chairs. So I requested a copy.
0: And also, it's probably important to point out that the changing and alternating of names, especially within the black community, is not altogether unusual. because At all. Because people would change, especially their last names, Mm -hmm. from master to master, and sometimes even post-war you'd see name changes, different spellings, so none of this was terribly unusual until you found out what was going on in Arkansas with the Perkins family.
1: Yes, so he got to Arkansas and they changed his name from Gilbert to Nathan. Um, They said
0: and also okay. changed his last name.
1: Changed his last name. Right,
0: so he becomes Nathan Perkins.
1: Uh-huh. Do you want me to say why? Well. Because that's.
0: Right. I mean, I will. So, so at that point, mm-hmm. he becomes Nathan Perkins. But where this story started yes. was really at the end of Gilbert slash Nathan's life. Yes. Because. Because.
1: That's where the detail comes in. Right,
0: so you had found, of course, this this pension application, and it was within the pension application that you began to understand why Nat's sister called him Nat Mm -hmm. or Nathan Perkins. And so what did the pension application tell you?
1: The pension said that they already had two Gilberts, and they didn't want another Gilbert, so they changed his name to Nat after his father
0: after his father. And that's
1: all it said at that point, was they called him Nat after his father. One, completely dehumanizing to change a name because you already have two Gilberts. Right. You know, that's utterly reprehensible, but um, so at that point, you're reading along, you're like, okay, they changed his name to Nat after his father, and then you don't necessarily think that it has to be a Chairs, who was his father, they're just naming him Nathan, because there were slaves here, named Nathan as well. Right. Or, you know, so that's not the thing. But it, he actually says in the pension application that um, I was owned by my father. Now, at first, when you read that, you think he's actually owned by Nathaniel Chairs Third.
0: So when you first told me owned by my father, I was like, wait a second. It can't be number three because, not number three, because... By 1841 he was well into his 70s. I mean, I mm-hmm. guess it could be, but it was highly unlikely. And then I looked at the age and I was like, "Oh my goodness, I think he's actually talking about Nat number 4."
1: But what the thing in the in the pension application that really leads you to understand and believe that is that he says he had a conversation with him in 1866.
0: Right. And of course, by that time Mm-hmm. Matt the third is, is long, long dead. dead.
1: He's been dead since Gilbert was five years old.
0: So he never understood that Mm-mm. that his owner was not his father. Uh-huh. His owner was actually technically his grandfather. and then his grandmother owned him yes. and then gave him away to what would have been an aunt. an aunt. And then so what happens? So before we go into this, That's let's talk a little bit it. about what happens to him. So, The reason you were looking for this guy is we found several um, uh, enslaved men who were here who became USCTs. So one of the things that captured my attention was he fought at this battle called Mark's Mill which is April 25th, 1864 and it was one of many incidents, a lot of people talk about Fort Pillow because it's really well known, the massacre or murder of black soldiers happened in a lot of places, including Marks Mill. There were at least 150 or so USCTs who were captured there. um, And another 100 or so were allegedly murdered. Well, he was captured, Gilbert was, at that battle. But prior to that.
1: But he did escape.
0: Right. But prior to him being a USCT, so some of you have probably heard about this, you know, nonsense about black confederates, as if there were black soldiers in the Confederate mm-hmm. Army. Gilbert actually says in his pension he is, application,
1: "He's so detailed, and he's he's perfect in his detail of his life." I wish every pension record was as good as his. So he was he attached.
0: So he was attached to Sterling Price, who was a Confederate general at one point. He was driving his and wagons, he, and he actually says driving his wagons, mm-hmm. and he said what?
1: He said that I was uh, a slave. Receiving no pay receiving, for my work.
0: There you go. Receiving no pay for my work. Yeah. So he escaped. He, mm-hmm. he he somehow got away.
1: He escaped after the Battle of, what's Deanne?
0: Yeah, Prairie Deanne. Prairie
1: Deanne. And then um, he made his way to General Steele in Cameron Arkansas. Frederick
0: Steele. So he enlists. And then mm-hmm. he fights at Mark's Mill.
1: And he, he's captured. He escapes.
0: He's captured and escapes.
1: And then he's in the... Again... Cane break?
0: Yeah, he's in a cane break. He's, he's in hiding a cane break. He hides in the sugar cane. So this is something that I think he every,
1: does it for a long time. I don't know how that's possible.
0: Well he's here's here's break. what happened. Confederates were hunting black mm-hmm. soldiers. I mean they were literally hunting them to either take them back to slavery or to kill them. And he hid in this cane break for weeks.
1: But they have buildings in there? Or is he just hiding in the like I've seen sugar cane, they had it at Ducrow.
0: He's he's hiding so that they can't find him. It's crazy. So then the war ends, and um,
1: he actually enlisted after that. He found his way back to Little Rock, he says, and enlisted in a the second heavy U.S. colored troop heavy battery,
0: heavy artillery, heavy
1: artillery. Right. So he was in that for the rest of the war.
0: So then the war ends, and mm-hmm. the conversation he has with his owner. Who was never his owner, but was yeah. his father.
1: Doesn't that make you understand how convoluted it can be in places like this? Because there's so many different people owning slaves that even the sl- slaves sometimes didn't comprehend fully who, who was the owner.
0: Well, I... I no. I mean, I, that I, I, actually, is I, interesting I d- I, to me. I don't think that's confusing at all. He was five years old. He had no idea.
1: But he was here till he was almost 20.
0: Yeah, but he he didn't know. They probably never told him. Because he, he
1: says, I was raised by my father until I was 20. Right.
0: So he just assumed mm-hmm. that Nat number four was also his owner. To me, that's not incredibly relevant. What I think is really interesting is that he comes back after the war, and this this white man and this biracial man mm-hmm. have a conversation. And Which is stunning. They seem to fully grasp and understand the situation actually both of them are in, and also the world in which they live. So what happens to Gilbert after that?
1: Um, He comes to me as has a conversation with Nat, and he comes as Nat Perkins to have this conversation, and he and Nathaniel, (laughs) Chairs the Fourth, um, had this conversation, and Nat said to him, Uh, That he wasn't ashamed to own him, and you shouldn't be ashamed to own me. Which doesn't mean actual owning property. It means recognizing. So he was basically saying, I'm not ashamed to admit that you're my son, and you shouldn't be ashamed to admit that I'm your father. But
0: Gilbert doesn't stay here, does he? No, he does not. It's
1: almost like they come to a peace, like an understanding and a peace between the two of them. And then he moves, and he leaves, and he goes to Memphis. And he lived in Memphis for the rest of his life, and he had it. Had a successful
0: life. It yeah. must have been interesting because I've been thinking a lot about the fact that he's born here at mm-hmm. Ripa Villa, regardless of who he thought owned him or whatnot. It, it's pretty evident from his testimony that Nat the IV was his father. Um, so he lives here, you know, for the better part of, of twenty years, mm-hmm. and then he's gone. And he goes through you know, a couple of different things during the war, and then it, it is like he comes back here post-war to finally just resolve this thing in whatever way you can, and then he leaves, and he mm-hmm. goes to Memphis.
1: I think a big part of him leaving would be the fact that he didn't have, his mother was sent away. When he was sent to Arkansas, his mother was separated from him and sent to Missouri, which I think is an important part of the story, because then he doesn't have that pull and that hold here, which would be his mother. and. Potential siblings, which I do think that he had quite a few right. siblings so as well. His so his mother,
0: Mary was sent to live with another one of Nat's sisters, sisters Louisa, Louisa, who married, Louisa who married a guy named John Campbell, John right? And Campbell. they and they lived in Springfield, Missouri. Mm-hmm. And I think for me that was the part of the story that struck the deepest chord because that's an intentional move by Sarah. by by Sarah chairs mm-hmm. Nat number four's mother. To split them up. Now, it could have been unintentional, but I suspect very strongly that it's not, okay. because a why mother
1: doesn't do that unintentionally.
0: Why no. else would they have named him Nat? That's not a coincidence no. either. I think that the one sister knew, which means the other one probably knew, which meant the mother slash grandmother knew, and it's really an intentional dissection of a mother from her child. Do mm-hmm. we know what happened to Marianne? No.
1: No. I do not. I know that Nat, that um, Gilbert's wife, never met her because I've read the wife's pension application as well, and she said I think her name was Mary, but she never met her. So we know that by when they're getting married, about 1880 is when um, Gilbert marries her. That Marianne is potentially gone by this point. So, so, and I have not been able to find her on an 1870 or 1880 census, but I don't know what last name she went. By and Mary is a very, very common name. So who knows what we'll know tomorrow, but as of today.
0: And Gilbert has a tragic end.
1: He does. It's so terribly sad. For the rest of his life, he really worked on steamships up and down the Mississippi River. But as he got to be older, what he was is he was a night guard at um, a business, a factory, in Memphis. And he had just gotten paid, and somebody robbed him and stole the entire $10 paycheck that he had in his pocket. Right. So, and they didn't find him until the next day. So he was murdered. It's all over the newspapers down there.
0: And he was listed in the newspapers, which was 1912. Just think about that. That's that's the year the Titanic sank. You know, Gilbert lived that mm-hmm. long. Yeah. And he was murdered. And Nat
1: Shares was still alive at this point. My he, heart always goes to, is did he know?
0: And he's listed in the paper as what?
1: Um... Gilbert, Gilbert Chairs. Not Nathan Perkins. Not Nathan Perkins. He's
0: listed as Gilbert like Chairs. And so, yes, yeah, so Nat dies a year and a mm-hmm. half later. And we don't know whether Nat and Gilbert really ever spoke again or ever had we any don't. communication. Um, but I think the sad part of his story, or maybe one of the sad, saddest parts of the story, is he's buried today at the Memphis National Cemetery among many other USCTs, many other US soldiers, And he has a very modern sort of... Um, uh, you know, they're, they're standard U.S. military markers. And it says Nathan Perkins because that's the name under which he enlisted. So Veterans Affairs, when they put it up, they didn't know any of this. We didn't until, you know, pretty recently. And so we're going to make some effort uh, as best we can to get I've already his...
1: Sent two letters.
0: ...to get his headstone changed to reflect his real name, which was Gilbert Chavez.
1: seems like the ultimate unfairness because he... Was born Gilbert he was not for such a, a minimal amount of his life mm-hmm. you know just a couple years and then in the army which he was only we can we can very clearly say that for maybe six years of his entire life that he went by Nat Perkins he got his pension under Gilbert chairs because it says Gilbert chairs on it it says alias Nat Perkins Married to Gilbert chairs he was married to Gilbert chairs his children were chairs he worked as Gilbert chairs he bought his house as Gilbert chairs
0: right well he was Gilbert chairs that was his name so yeah. he's, and the, he's the US
1: military puts Nathan Perkins right. on his grave well so and again they, they didn't know they, they didn't either. know
0: that that that's someone in 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 the VA office who doesn't know anything because they're just going and through the names so the the other part of this that we should probably talk about is you know is this conclusive well, there's no DNA evidence. Yeah. you know. There's no testimony from Nat Chairs. But one of the things we've learned is that Gilbert Chairs would have had no reason to lie. It's not like this was beneficial to his application. Mm-hmm. As we learned with Fountain Branch Carter um, fathering a child with an enslaved mm-hmm. woman, there was no benefit to that man to list Fountain Branch as his father on his death certificate. Mm-hmm. This was much more commonplace than probably a lot of us would like to admit today and the complexities of the relationships are oh my gosh the talk about something that was you know as billy Holiday would say um strange fruit but this is like forbidden fruit and so i think people knew about it but then they did a really good job of covering it up The, the question i know that i have is i wonder if nat chairs number four if his wife if their children, if they ever knew any of this, or if this was something that was contained within this segment of the family. because And I don't know that we will ever know because Nat gets married to Susan mm-hmm. the same year... Three that, months later. ...that Gilbert is born. Mm-hmm. And so let's just, you know, just to play this out. Let's say Susan never knows, okay? It... Listen, people...
1: His mom knew.
0: People are great. 19th century people were incredible at keeping secrets. They're incredible. But let's just say that she didn't. Mm -hmm. Nat Chairs marries this woman knowing full well he is going to have a child with a woman that his father owns. That's there every day. Just think about that. Think about... Wrap your head around that and... You begin to see that the dynamics of the human interaction that go on at a place like this is um, its really pretty stunning. I, th- I don't think we mentioned this, that Mary or Ann and Nat were almost the same age. Mm-hmm. What's, and because Nat was born here, she mm-hmm. almost certainly was born here, they grew up together. I mean, they, they probably uh, knew each other from the time they were children. And so Nat's born in 1818. In 1841, he's 23 years old. And you start to piece these, you know, you start to piece the numbers together and you're like, yeah. But I remember years ago when people denied that Thomas Jefferson could have, oh, he couldn't have possibly fathered children with Sally Hemings. How could he do such a thing? And my thought was, well, why wouldn't he? I mean, th- this sort of stuff has gone on, you know, forever. And I think this, this actually... It actually makes you think, I, my hope, in, and we're going to try and figure out how we work this into daily interpretation, because you don't want it to be salacious like, well, Nat shares father a child with an enslaved woman. There has to be a tactful way to tell the story about Gilbert mm-hmm. and his mother, Marianne, not within the context of somehow they're connected to, to Nat. It's that they were their own people. You know, and and Gilbert was the product of this, you know, whatever it was, and that he lived a long life. He served in the U.S. Army, and that his story is important, too.
1: And they both would have served in, can you imagine, Nat was in the Confederate Army and his son was in the U.S. Army. And this is the first time that I've, like, really made that connection when you just said that. Well, That's insane.
0: Yeah, and you just said it. His son served in the U.S. Army. Yeah. So this isn't like brother against brother. This is father against son, uh, you know.
1: I will say that this is maybe now when I'm reading the pension applications or even we just came across a Nathan um, Chairs who had a will and our Nathaniel Chairs fourth was the executor on this black man's will in 1867, 1868. In my head, I thought, huh, I wonder if that man was related to him. You know, it's exactly where my mind goes. Now, even if it's not a theory that I can prove or not a theory that might be true, it's just now I'm suspicious. Now I'm like, hmm, I wonder if that was his brother because it's right about his age. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I wonder why that man owned property in 1867. And you
0: know that Marianne had other children, right?
1: Yes, she right. did.
0: So we do suspect it's possible that Gilbert is not alone, but yes. we, we don't know. And, and I think for anyone out there who would think, oh, they're just tarnishing Nat Chairs' name. No, we're not. We're just telling the truth. But yeah. this is what people said about Jefferson. You know, a guy who worked for us for years was working at Monticello at the time, around 2000, when that story mm-hmm. was finally... kind of, They broke down the walls and it became part of interpretation. And about half the staff quit. You know, at Monticello? They just didn't want to be part of that at all. And I think that if anybody's story's been tarnished, if this story is true, which we think based on the facts that it is, it's Gilbert Chairs, who's buried under another name because he got tossed around as an object between white families. You know that's
1: interesting because when um, we found out that Fountain Branch Carter, that Gus was Fountain Branch Carter's son, there was an employee that had worked at Carter House for quite some time who told me we shouldn't tell anybody it was a secret. We don't, if he wanted it to be a secret, I'm like, he went to the county court with two witnesses and paid a fee to make a public statement. You know, for the... It's just...
0: I think that the more, those, those kinds of stories, this mm-hmm. story, even the story, if you dialed backwards to Jefferson's era, the interaction between white and black, especially sexual relationships and children was an open secret, Mm -hmm. meaning it wasn't really a secret. This stuff went on all the time and because it was such a contained environment, meaning slavery and Mm -hmm. those who owned slaves, you know, you could control what was happening on the plantation because, you know, those people were never going to be able to literally get away unless they escaped, so they couldn't tell the story. But what happens afterwards, I made a comment to someone the other day that I think some of the most um, prejudiced, bigoted times in this country are actually in the early 20th century, which is ironic. It's not among the people who actually, I think, own slaves. There is a much more there's a much more blending and common reaction or, or common interaction between the races mm-hmm. versus fifty years later when people try to do everything they can to to, separate. to separate it mm-hmm. and to cover things up to make sure that these things really became secrets. We would never discuss them because grandpa couldn't possibly have done that. You know, I remember finding out that my, not even remotely close to this, but like that my grandparents got married because, I'm sorry, great grandparents, that great grandma got pregnant. And I was like, wow. So, you know, great grandpa and great grandpa did that too, just like everybody else. And and so I was thinking about Nat and this woman, and it's like, slave, not slave, black, white. You never know what can happen. And I think Gilbert is that, um, you know, he's he's part of that storyline, too. So we are going to tell the story of Gilbert shares. We are probably going to interpret it, maybe not on a daily basis, because but, but on tours. the slavery tours and slave tours, maybe on the extended tours. I think that as we continue to look for USCTs who came out of Ripavilla, he just becomes a natural... Um, He becomes a natural storyline. I think we'll probably write about him in an issue of the dispatch. We have at least
1: 10. At least 10 USCT now. Right. From all of these pension applications we've been collecting. Right.
0: So 10 just from Ripaville. Yeah. Just from here. Right.
1: And they had different names too. So they, I mean, in the pension applications that Jenny and I found at the archives last week, we're going through and there's a -A 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 man named Hamilton Potter, I think. And he says he joined the USCT, and he describes the regiment. And he says, I was owned by Nathan Perkins. I'm like, who is this guy? A Hamilton Potter. And then there's a James Williams. And there is, what was the last one? William Curry. Like three men that I had absolutely no idea were here because they had different names after the American Civil War.
0: So two thoughts before we wind up. I'm really proud of being able to have this kind of research either done and then to to tell people about it and to figure out the best or the most appropriate or the most effective way to interpret it, to, to tell people about this long, not forgotten story. This was a story that was completely unknown. So, there's that side, but there's also the side of me that thinks about, you know, all the people that worked at Ripavilla and all of the people who've lived and worked in Murray County, you know, or, or just anywhere, I mean, it's not like we're the smartest people in the room. Yeah. This information has always been available. It's been sitting in these pension applications for 130, 120, know, 10 years. Mm-hmm. It's just been sitting there waiting to be found. And sneak preview, like we did at one of the other uh, in one of our prior uh, episodes, we are going to tell the story of Earl Van Dorn in an upcoming episode and let me tell you you might want to get um, two seat belts for what we're going to talk about with Earl Van Dorn because I think everybody's heard this sort of salacious story about his murder I assure you it's nothing like what you've ever heard or what you might think it could be it's it's actually far worse yeah. and um, so these are the these are the things that I think are important to reveal because it again it shows that they lived in a different time, but you know It makes me proud. People are the same. People people do the same things, they make the same mistakes, mm-hmm. they cover up the same you know, they cover up mistakes, they'll they'll try and break up the mistake, they'll try and they'll try and do everything they can mm-hmm. to not act like human beings have have always acted.
1: I don't yeah. I don't know. I just think it makes me feel good that we're Trying to tell Gilbert's story. And that's and what And trying to tell all the other stories then, that we find because they're just there and just in paper waiting for us.
0: And that's what this is. This is a story about Gilbert Chairs and his mother, Marianne. Yeah. I mean, certainly it's a story about Nat Chairs, but this is a story about Gilbert Chairs.
1: And think of the, think of the humanity or the inhumanity that it just creates within like the entire context of Ripavella. Because we don't have just this one little narrow view. We've got people that live here and back there and over here, and all of those people are interacting on a daily basis, and it's not just this one white family. There were a lot, far more black people that lived on this farm than white people, and you can't understand how life was at Ripavilla without understanding their lives as well. So, if everybody could write a pension as nice as Nat's and tell us every single detail in their life, I mean, think of Think of the complexities we would have of this farm.
0: Well, it reminds me of someone who asked a question some time ago about, well, why do we have to talk about slavery at a plantation? And I was like, well, gosh, you know, the list is pretty long. And, and you know, here's another example. Because Nat Chairs lived in the big house. And mm-hmm. Gilbert and his mother didn't. Yep. And never did. But they were as real as you and I are. Mm-hmm. They... They walked the world, They, you know, it was springtime, it was fall, it was another birthday, it was another year, they were just as real, they just, and they live in the same place, and they live in almost divergent universes, but Nathan Perkins, Gilbert Chairs, is really who he was, and so we're gonna work as hard as we can to get that grave marker changed, and to tell a little more about, not just his story, but other people we think that are a lot like them. So thanks again for watching. Um, We've got more fun stuff coming up in weeks. Thanks again.